a dark mentorship forms between Deborah Vance, a legendary Las Vegas comic, and an entitled outcast 25-year-old comedy writer. Mr. Fink and I got a chance to see Hacks on HBO Max, an HBO Max original series. An OG. And I actually... You know, we've talked about it many times before on this podcast. Anytime there's a new HBO show, I'm pretty much going to check it out. No matter what what it is, I, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a good show. So when Hacks was was being promoted on HBO Max, I was like, yeah, that looks like something that, that I want to check out. And it did not disappoint, Mr. Fink. I think Hacks is one of the best shows of 2021. What about you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And first... We always have to preface all of our discussions with a spoiler tag yes. to warn, you know, our thousands of listeners out there that this will be a spoiler-filled discussion of the, dare I say, great TV show, yes. Hacks. Yes. Gene Smart coming out here, batting 650 while <laughs> everyone else is batting 325. Um, I highly enjoyed this TV show. I binged it in one day in two sittings, essentially. And I wrote down, you know, every time I watch TV show, I write down, you know, oh, I really enjoyed this actor, this character. I really enjoyed this one. I really enjoyed this one. I've got about seven of those written down from... Uh, Kiki to that's the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the blackjack dealer who is also like the manicurist and makeup artist who drives like the Rolls Royce to Shooter McGavin, uh, Marty, Christopher McDonald. The, uh, now were you a happy Gilmore, uh, Adam Sandler fan 25 yes. years ago? That yep. was one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies. Yep. Shooter McGavin, Jimmy, Paul Downs as Jimmy is great. Marcus, <laughs> um, her assistant is awesome. Yes. Ava's great. Um, and then uh, what's his, the, uh, she's, I don't think she's a teen. She might be like 18, 19 years old. It's uh, Paul Downs, Jimmy's like assistant, who is like the daughter oh, of everybody. Right, right. That she's great in it too. I enjoyed this show from the story to the characters to the whole, oh, it's got heart and it's funny. Like this, you know, hitting in every single one of those categories you would be looking for right from the top, right from episode one. As soon as I saw Shooter McGavin, I was like, Shooter, let's go. (laughs) What about this show stuck out to you personally? There's two things. I liked the setting of it. Um, I, you know, no shows that I've been watching have been set in Vegas. So that was like just a change of pace, having that Vegas setting and then pulling from my Vegas background, you know, my experience going to Las Vegas, that rang true for me. I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly, this is a very, you know, I don't, I've never lived there before, but I visited many times. So I was like, this is exactly what I remember from being in Vegas. And then the second thing was the stand-up comedy aspect, which me and you are big stand-up comedy fans. So having her have a residency and uh, being, a big stand-up, and then she almost had a TV show or late-night talk show. All of those things was right in my wheelhouse, so those stood out for me. Um, but yeah, definitely one of the best comedy drama series that I've and, seen. And, and with the comedy, too, what's kind of cool with this show is it's almost, or maybe literally, old Hollywood and new Hollywood paired together, where 
Deb Vance is your, I guess you would say, um, who is the female uh, who ha- oh, who had the uh, the late night show? Um, blonde hair, a lot of makeup. Oh, I can't. I really think her character. She's a stand up comedian, a legend. Um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing mm. a blank. Oh, as soon as I, I'm going to think of it, walking down the road. But um, anyway, so it's the idea of hey, we're going to go on the late night show. I'm going to craft my 30 or 60 minutes. Um, we're going to work in all that versus Ava's character is kind of just a snarky asshole on Twitter yeah. who I, I don't know if they said she went to an Ivy League school, but it definitely, you know, had the kind of Ivy League vibes of, okay, this person was really good in English class, a really good creative writer. She's like, well, where's the punchline? So you kind of see Gene Smart's character, Deb Vance, kind of teach her be like okay yeah maybe you have the bones of being funny but you know you need a punchline you don't always literally need a punchline but hey where's the joke just because you have a a quirky observation doesn't mean that's a joke and that was really cool to see her kind of craft that um i really like the back and forth with them and it kind of reminded me of like devils where what devils where the devil wears prada right. but i liked both of the characters more and i liked the devil wears prada i mean they're they're kind of different mm-hmm. i mean they're different you know uh, genres i would say but kind of the exact same thing going on like except at the end instead of spurring the old uh um experienced person they kind of get in together and like okay yep nope i bombed i need to craft this which is cool to see too because a lot of people you know if you're not into stand-up comedy you kind of think you know if you see like rogan or um Segura up there, you're like, oh yeah, no, he's got this down, and he 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 did it perfect the first time, um, which is just is not the reality. You typically, I've heard, you know, fifty to a hundred times, someone may tell a joke before they figure out how to actually tell the joke. So it was right. cool to see that aspect. It like when Ava was going back, um, looking at the old stuff, she was digitizing all the stuff. It was kind of cool to see Gene Smart's character uh, CGI'd up a little bit, yeah. and through the TV, so you weren't really. Um, dialing in on maybe how the CGI wasn't perfect because it was already fuzzy. So I yeah. kind of like that effect that they did a lot about this show. I mean, I, uh, Adam Ray was in an episode, which was funny because I've seen Adam Ray host a comedy show before at the comedy store. Yeah. And there's the scene where that she pays him a million dollars to never tell a joke again. Um, there's a lot, and there's a, uh, there's another standup. I think there's like more than a couple standups in here. Um, a lot of faces you're going to recognize. Who we got? Who we got? Yeah, I would say got? the cast is like, besides the comedy and and the jokes, I think the cast is the best thing about the show. All of those people you mentioned, and I want to add on Caitlin Olson as Deborah's daughter, DJ Deborah Vance Jr. Um, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Fame. Oh yeah, and she also had her own short-lived um, show that I watched for a little bit, but I wasn't um, taken. Like I didn't really love it the way I did. Um, it's always sunny. The Mick, um, she, that one lasted oh, yeah. for a little bit. On well, that, I think didn't that have relatively good review? I mean, I think, I think it, it did. Um, just didn't I, know and watch it because it was on yeah, Fox. Probably I think it just didn't get the ratings. Um, so they had two seasons, thirty-seven episodes, um, but I just I never stuck with it. And you and or the scene in this where the only thing she knows how to play is the Jurassic Park theme oh, song yeah. on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. She just keeps playing it, and she plays it pretty good. And they're like, "Better be good. It costs a hundred thousand dollars for her to learn one damn song." <laughs> um, and it was. And, and I'm trying to think of the other shows that are kind of like this, where 
So Jean Smart is almost playing herself in a way, in the sense of she has been in TV and movies for probably as long as this character's this character has been in comedy or yeah. in show business in general. She's been in for right. 20, 30 years. Um, she did a great interview with um, Terry Gross on Fresh Air, and she kind of talks about it. She's like, well, you know, this role is probably closer to anything I've ever had to play of herself. So that's really cool to see when they, you know, maybe they're not even having to dig deep into their acting um, toolbox to really get the performance out, but it's still very great. Really, really enjoyable to watch Carl Clemens Hopkins, her, her assistant Marcus, he was really fun to watch and kind of showing that he's pulling a lot of the strings. So a lot of the characters are genuinely interesting characters. Um, You kind of get the whole, Oh, I'm living out in L. Well, she's in Vegas, but I said, you know, LA Vegas, they kind of bounce back and forth ish, you know, um, in the entertainment scene. And she's got the, her toxic Midwest family trying to pull her back. Like <laughs> you've got to come home. You got to see your sisters. <laughs> Not like, although it's, it's her, her dying dad. Um, but kind of you, you know, ima- I mean, actually the two people I know the best in, in Hollywood actually do have <laughs> parents from the Midwest. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that a lot of, and a lot of people I've know of that are in LA and Hollywood came from the Midwest and have like, family members that they don't necessarily associate with that much. So that's kind of interesting to see. Um, what else I got on this? Oh, for those, a Pharrell, I don't know if it was an original Pharrell song, but I noticed there was a Pharrell song in there and I got to shout that out and make it related to the Virginia. Um, but every episode I kind of was like, Hey, I'm having a good time watching this TV show. And which is nice because a lot of times you can find yourself, you know, kind of, all right, this is good, but it's bumming me out. You know, like, uh, I would say like the boys kind of, I always kind of think of the boys when I think of a show that's probably really good, but I just get like super bummed watching it. Um, and that is not, this is not one of those shows. Paul Downs, he was in, um, broad city too, yes. actually. Now that I'm like, I didn't yeah. even, yeah. Cause was, broad city. Go on. Did you watch that? I can't remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I watched, I watched every episode in about five days. So I barely <laughs> remember it. And he was the gym instructor that, yep. Yep. um, she was like, she kind of liked, but that his whole character was great. The assistant, like you said, was great, which I'm looking at her, um, her credits. She actually was only in one show before this. And it looks like it was just an animated show. So she just did a voice on there. Um, but this, she was great in this, her character was great. The writing was great for her. Anytime her and Paul Downs came on, like that was a great, you know, interaction. You always wanted to see that. Um, so, yeah, all of the characters, like, I don't, I didn't have a bad character, right? Like, everybody was enjoyable to be around. Every time somebody came on screen, um, it was it was a good time. So, I think that's always a great aspect when you have, like, the charisma of a great actor and then you have good writing where you actually want to know what's going to happen to the character next. Um, but the whole, the whole show is Gene Smart and um, Ava's character, Hannah... Einbinder? Yeah, Einbinder. Einbinder. Um, Her character, those two, the relationship between them, and it it becomes, you know, worker, boss, or um, employee, boss, into kind of a mother-daughter relationship, which that's an interesting thing, too, kind of the the mental, you know, the the psychology of the way that she raised her daughter, DJ, um, versus kind of this is almost like a second chance to have yep, exactly treat your daughter right and, and have a good relationship. And the last, 
um, th- that last show that she did, her final show, where Ava came up to her and and was and kind of gave her that speech, like th- you, we are in a relationship. We have this is a human relationship. You know, you're forced to actually care about somebody. That I, I love that whole speech that she had. Um, that kind of forced her to to realize uh, Deborah to realize what she had in her. So I really liked that relationship, the whole show, you know, yeah, the entire on. show has incredibly, I would say real human interactions. I mean, it's, it's a comedy, but nothing throughout the show feels unrealistic. And, and really it's not even a, I would say a hacky kind of not set up a knock, but situation of, Oh, it's going to piss her off. And then they're going to be scorned and walk away. It actually is kind of like, Hey, one pisses off the other, vice versa. There's kind of growth, but then it's like kind of a mature, like example of like where it's like, Oh no, I did bad. Come on, we'll get it together. I learned. Yep. I was kind of an asshole back then, but now, you know what? Now I'm not going to be instead of it. So it kind of really showed how to maybe healthily handle conflict when it, especially in like a creative situation, like, um, writing and you don't see her really like that with her real mom, Ava's character. So that too is maybe, she feels my my kind of maybe projection, but my estimate was Ava does doesn't feel like her mom is like really understands her or is her real mom or sees her or whatever. But then, you know, Gene Smart is closer to the or Deb Vance is closer to the, you know, oh, this is a creative. This is somebody who understands like the creative process, someone who understands what I'm going through, et cetera, et cetera. So she probably does feel more of a pull towards, you know, Deb Vance's character than maybe even her own mom. And yeah. um you see that through just a lot of, you know, Ava being an asshole to Deb and Deb being an asshole to Ava. I would also say that though, Ava is like, no, Deb is such a bad for all this. Deb's really not that bad. Like in my opinion, what she was doing, it was usually just Ava kind of just being like a little bit like, I'm going to die on every single hill for every single thing. And Deb was kind of just like, fucking i'm rich as shit i'm rich as shit fucking <laughs> shut up shut up we're gonna go we're gonna go do this i at no point did i really find deb vance like that insufferable i mean what it, i found ava more of like yeah. well it was kind of a it was kind of an asshole yeah i, I was the same way it was and i was watching with my wife and she kind of had the same um reaction so it'll be interesting to so the way that they left it at the end, there's kind of like a cliffhanger. And I was looking it up as we were talking. Um, there, it was renewed for a second season uh, last month in June. So I don't know when that, you know, when they're going to, when that'll be out, maybe early next year. But the way that it left it, I didn't know if that was going to be a huge problem. Cause I thought they were going to resolve that before. And I thought it was just going to be like a, a one-off joke, like that she had sent the, the the stories to the British TV yeah. writers, yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see where that goes in the next season because you always have to have that thing that brings it back, right? Like you have the whole first season, you'll have like an arc and the characters will change, but then kind of like in a lot of movies where you have a sequel, the characters have to kind of be reset almost to give them more conflict and 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 have another arc to go through. So. I'm kind of interested to see where their relationship goes because they made so much progress at the end of the first season. 
Um, yeah, I kind of, and I kind of didn't like that part because when that was happening, I knew exactly what was going to, like, as soon as she was like, what are their numbers or what is the, what is the email? I was like, well, this is going to be a big deal. And as soon as like my first thought when Deb was at the funeral was, oh, this is going to like the whole email. My first thought was the email to the British, uh, was it, I don't know if it was tablets or whatever to basically just rat on Deb. That was kind of my first thought. And it. It's a little annoying because I'm like, I feel like I would just enjoy the story, uh, the natural story that occurs from what's going on of right. of a, somebody who is, you know, almost aging out of Hollywood, but kind of making a comeback. So what is, is she going to go on the road to like, you know, funny bones across the country with Ava as her shadow, which is ent- an entirely possible um, route while she refines it. and can, she kind of foreshadowed that saying, oh, we'll, we'll work it. The bones are there. We can do this and that. Um, I have a feeling it's the season's going to start off right away with like me, like Ava, like that coming out right, like real quick. And then that just screwing up the, um, the relationship in some way or other, but I don't, you know, Gene smart commands the screen that Gene smart is going to be on here. Like these characters that are all on the screen are going to be on the screen. So yeah. their lives are going to be intertwined in some way. Um, I don't see them phasing out anybody. I mean, those, I would say the weakest link out of everybody maybe it may have been Caitlin Olson, but that may have just been the character of DJ. Like she's not really doing much. Yeah. I mean, she's just kind of just there as a uh, trust fund kid with like um, an addiction problem is basically the majority of the depth of that, which I'm sure there's depth there. But as far as comparing to other characters, she was probably the least entertaining one. Yeah, me, I would but. say, I mean, I, I just, <laughs> just her in general, Caitlin, Caitlin Olson, I, I find entertaining, but yeah, her character, I think is just the whole reason she's there is just to show that Jean was not a great mom growing up like that. That's really the extent of her character because we don't care about who she's marrying. We don't care about, you know, what's going on with her selling stuff or whatever. Um, we just want to know how does it affect our Deborah, the character what, that we've been following and that the show is about. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Maybe she gets a bigger role in season two. Um, cause I think that they might be filming. It's always sunny at the same time. Cause that show just got renewed for like three or four more years, which is now like Brink's the truck. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's the longest running show on TV live action now. Um, so I want to see what happens with that. Well, and, and even in the moment, so, you know, and I'm not even shitting on DJ. Like, it's not like, Oh, it was miserable to see her on the screen because it, it wasn't, I was just more thinking of, potential that stuck out but even with that mayor that wedding there's like the moment that uh deb vance gene smart's character is like a genuine moment when she's getting married she's like wow this is probably not a good idea she's getting married i don't really agree with this but she still had a genuine human moment of like hey this is still my daughter getting married and it's still like caused her to respond emotionally which is that's the the theme of the tv show is real human emotions with also real comedy you know and all the kind of shenanigans that come with a you know a sh- right. uh, a comedy so it's not exactly you know a documentary but yeah real emotions so and I it think- is a and it is a 30 minute uh ish show yeah. and 10 episodes so yes. you can knock this out in a morning like you get you, up six like six did. in the morning yep right. oh yep exactly i knocked it out in yeah. a half a day so yeah and like in a weekend anybody can just binge it and get through it so i think that's a good wrap-up point for hacks we both enjoyed this highly dramedy. recommend highly recommend 10 episodes 30 minutes each you will enjoy hacks another hbo max banger
And we're back. We're back. <laughs> Man, whoever was reading that ad copy, I don't know. It sounded a little bit familiar, but I don't know. I don't know. He's going somewhere. I don't know. Anyone hears that needs some voice talent, I'd hit him up. I don't know who he is. But yes. We're back. Uh, what if, so we're going to wrap this up real quick. What if, what have you been into this week? My good friend, Justin Vactor, what TV, movies, comics, just a quick something to throw our old listeners to jump on. Well, I've actually been going through the movies of Jackie Chan in particular. But what I'm trying to do is, so Black Widow came out. The next Marvel movie is Shang-Chi in September. So that's in just about two months. So what I've been trying to do is show my wife, my wife, my wife, all of the best martial arts films to get her ready and some TV shows. I actually was watching um, Warrior on HBO Max, which was a Showtime show, um, or was it Cinemax? Anyway, I was watching that. I was thinking about who are the best martial artists, and I came across Jackie Chan's Criterion Collection of Police Story One and Police Story Two. So I was showing her those. And then also I was going through some of his um, other classic movies. Now, these are all the Hong Kong ones, not the American, you know, after Rush Hour, Shanghai Nights, Shanghai Noon. Um, none of those. We've just been going through a lot of his Chinese works. And he has a ton of China films that he did um, that the stories and the mm-hmm. acting are not. Not sure what's going on. Not the best there. But the stunts and the martial arts are 10 out of 10 like police story in particular um some of the i would say the best stunts and martial arts i've ever seen in anything um there's a number of times where jackie chan now he famously does all of his own stunts there's a number of times that he almost got killed i was watching a um like a documentary on youtube and they were going through all of his injuries. And he had bone fragments coming in his skull, you know, going through to his brain. And he had second degree burns and like sm- smashed his ankle, broke his shoulder. Like he's had almost, I don't know how many times he broke his nose, but you could see it on film. Like the, the, the sacrifice, I guess, that he went through, mm. that he put his body through, it, it's going to last forever, the, the action that he was uh, put out. So I would highly recommend if anybody is a fan of martial arts and, and they haven't checked out some of the old Jackie Chan movies, go back and watch those. Um, I also picked up a Bruce Lee set. Um, that's a criterion collection and it's, I think it's like five or six movies and it was uh, half off on Barnes and Noble's criterion collection sale that they do every year. So I got both of those and criterion collection. If anybody doesn't know, they're like, pristine the best picture the best sound they got fantastic special features and then almost all of the movies are like you they're considered classic movies and so when you have some something that gets picked as a criterion collection most of the time some some of them are a little bit debatable but most of the time those are going to be just fantastic movies. So I was very excited to pick up those those two Criterion Collection sets, Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. I will say my only movies I've seen with Jackie Chan are 
Rush Hour 1, 2, and 3, Shanghai Nights, and did you see that's that? it, probably. Oh, you didn't see that sequel, Shanghai Noon? Oh, yep, nope, I saw Shanghai Noon. Okay. I remember ordering those on Stars pay-per-view Dang. in the early 2000s when they came out, maybe late 90s for the first one, Shanghai Nights. But um, oh, on the on the note of Bruce Lee, I would suggest the thirty for thirty Bruce oh, Lee, yes. the Bruce Lee yes. thirty for thirty. That is, that's a good one. That's yes. a, and I think that's like a forty five fifty minute one. Yeah, um, and I showed my wife that too because so when I was growing up, I was a huge Bruce Lee fan. Like that was one of it was for me. It was um, Magic Johnson, Bruce Lee, and I'm think, trying to think of who was the other like. I had these huge sports and like icons, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, that it was like, no matter what they did, it was like going to be fantastic to me. And I still, you know, all the, I'm still a fan of all those guys to this day. Um, but Bruce Lee, you know, the most iconic martial arts. And I think a lot of it ha- also has to do with the way that he went out because, you know, it's kind of like, Mm-hmm. Jim Morrison, you know, Tupac, Biggie, anybody that, like, Jimi Hendrix. Janis Joplin. Yep. Yeah, Janis Joplin. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Half anybody, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> anybody that has, like, a really bright, you know, beginning, and then they... Mac Miller. They, yeah. Anybody that's kind of, like, that is taken away before they can have, you know, either a, a downside to their career or stuff like that taken too young, I think that also elevates you know, their material that they actually produce, but not to take away from what, what they did. Um, but I think when people look back on it, I think Elvis too, kind of, and he had a fairly long career, but yeah, he, he ended up dying pretty old, but because he like, because he, I think was in a time of not as much media attention, they, the majority of what people remember is his heyday, even though he did have like some Vegas, like, uh, residencies where he like had his gut coming out of his, (laughs) out of his shirt and stuff. And people do know that he like had a heart attack or something, like eating a sandwich on the toilet. But I would say, I would still say he is in that realm though. Or like, um, Oh, the, uh, unfortunately the female sings rehab. Um, she, oh, re- Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Amy Winehouse, really good documentary. The Amy Winehouse documentary is really great. And to go on the line of Bruce Lee, still a uh, cream Abdul Jabbar in episode five yeah. of Dave season yes. two is pretty hilarious season that I uh, suggest season two. It gets a little weird. I mean, I didn't think it was weird. Jeff I didn't thought it either. was weird. But. I, from, from start to finish, I've been with season two of Dave. Oh, yeah. M- maybe we'll talk about that whole season, but I've, I don't, I didn't see any non, funny episodes of Dave. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I like, I like, yeah, without digging deep, I I even like how it's in a different direction a little bit. So, and it was kind of crazy watching that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar appearance because I, that made me think about Bruce Lee because they were kind of the same age. So you would think about, dang, where would Bruce Lee be today if he survived? So I I think about that often. And I was thinking about that too, when I was watching, um, there was a, a Jackie Chan 40th anniversary thing that, um, was on the special features for the Criterion disc, and it was like his whole stunt team, which that is another thing. His stunt team, I don't think, gets enough credit because he's always, you know, like the figurehead of he does his own stunts and, and like fantastic action. But his watching police story, that actually, I would recommend to you, Fink, if you're oh, ever she. wanting some really good martial arts, police story. And uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Those are the two Jackie Chan ones that I'll highly recommend. But even 
his stunt team is is amazing. Like all the guys who are just getting beat up in the background, all of that stuff is like. And, and you you're like me too. You love kind of um, acrobatic and like just people who mm-hmm. can just do superhuman type physical of, feats. Yeah. Yep. So I would highly recommend those. But anyways, I was, I was watching this 40th anniversary thing where they brought back all of his stunt team because he's had like seven or eight generations of this stunt team. And um, that made me think like, oh, man, where would Bruce Lee be for his 40th anniversary or whatever? And would he still be making movies the way that Jackie Chan is? That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So both of those, like I said, highly recommend all of Bruce Lee's stuff and uh, Jackie Chan as well. Oh yeah, that's some good. I um, I'll probably watch. Actually, I probably will watch both those. I yeah. just kind of recently was looking for some movies to jump into because I've been watching so much TV and reading so much comics. I was kind of like, I don't remember the last movie I watched. I mean, I watch a lot of them, so I'm oh, sure it was you saw um, Black Widow. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Two days, <laughs> three days ago. Actually, <laughs> I was like, wow, I can't. I haven't seen any movies lately, and it's been three three days since I saw Black Widow. But I, I mean, maybe I'm just I'm, I'm definitely just overloaded on TV though. Watching, right. uh, I mean, I mean, shoot, I've watched Hacks, uh, Kevin. So my actually, thanks for asking. What I've been watching this that brings me right into what I've been watching yes. this week. I highly suggest you brought this to my attention. Kevin can f himself. Yes. I. Am to say over the moon is probably too strong a word, but I'm headed towards towards like the stratosphere of I'd say our atmosphere. It's every episode highly enjoying it. Not you know there's no dragging that goes on. There's not even the characters that are annoying are supposed to be annoying. <laughs> um, like just the accents they have in the right. show are so hilarious. They're they're. Uh, I don't know if they're in Boston or just New Hampshire. They're they're in Worcester, Worcester, Mass, I think. Um, and the way they talk, and they even like the actor actresses, they make their mouths the shape of like somebody who's from Worcester. Um, and the way they talk about, it. I mean, they're like, and it's funny because I think they really made an entire episode out of the j- main joke being the fact that they're saying potty instead of party. They're like, there's two potties going on. And they like, just Alexa. kept saying potty. Yeah. Alexa, where's the potty? Um, and you know, is I don't necessarily think I laugh a lot over many accents, but I laugh over some, some new England accents from my buddies who are from new England. So like the, the uh, Hyundai commercial, that's like park my car. <laughs> so there's like the, the entire time is that, but the basis of the show is essentially you're, traditional 90s sitcom when there's one character of the show on screen so what is it called a three camera oh no no a single camera or is it three camera uh three cameras the like traditional sitcom yeah so it's like so it shoots in three camera um when there's one certain character kevin like no spoiler alert but when it's anybody else that's not on camera it's shot traditional well i guess non-traditional so what 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 is that style is it would be like the way that i describe it is the, cinematically yeah and it's kind of like the the breaking bad style that's kind of yeah. the way that i think about it versus it goes to like widescreen yeah right and it's darker that's the biggest thing is the traditional one the lighting is like super bright yep and then the 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 breaking bad stuff is more dark it's more realistic i would say yeah and the and what's cool is not only is the it shot more realistically the story is more realistic too because yes. when it's the three camera shot one traditional sitcom 
even the tone and every the story, everything going on is just not nearly as serious, even right. if it is serious. Right. It's just not. And then when it goes to the other side, it's genuinely serious stuff, yes. um, which is and at no point is it jarring either, which is really cool. Cause I've never seen any, anything shot. The closest is WandaVision actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the first one or two episodes of WandaVision are kind of the only ones that really, or, or I guess WandaVision does it throughout. Yeah. Um, the throughout, style but, changes throughout. Yep. And, and I can highly suggest it. Not going to spoil anything, but I'm on episode six. Well, I'm all the way caught up. I think they're on six or seven. They're going to do nine or 10 episodes. Um, I'm highly enjoying it. I've also just read an absolute pile of comic books yes. in the last, in the last week since we talked, saw Black Widow. Justin saw that as well. Maybe we'll do a special uh, movie review hey. on Black Widow or something like that. But um, other than that, I could uh, I could talk another couple hours on just the amount of comic books I've read. But we'll we'll just cut it off on Kevin can f himself. Yes, and I will say if you want to follow me. On the social medias, you can follow me on Twitter at Finkel757, F-I-N-K-L-E-757, and the same on Instagram. Justin, what about you? Mine is just my last name, Vactor. That's V like Victor, A-C-T-O-R, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you know, everywhere that there's a social media, probably you can find Vactor. So that is going to do it for this episode of Seasons Change. Mr. Fink and I will be back shortly to give you some more of our thoughts on movies, TV, comic books, maybe even video games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're we're a quadruple threat. Oh, yeah.